Welcome to No Ordinary Women, the podcast where two ordinary broads chat about extraordinary women, the good, the bad, and the batshit crazy. Hey, Lynn. Today was the big day. We went live. Oh my gosh, you guys, we have 3,000 followers. Our podcast has been downloaded 7 million times online. <laughs> we have, um, we do have several, several followers um, that we had going in and then more after today. We have a bunch of downloads, a bunch of listens. We've had a ton of feedback. And, um, or kudos, I wouldn't say feedback, kudos. And we appreciate all of that, you guys. Yes, it's been so much fun. So excited. We, we're super excited. So, y'all, we, um, want to thank some people that really helped us do this. So, first, Lynn's kids. We'll <laughs> thank my children, Chris, Caitlin, and Casey, and Andrew. And Andrew. Who have helped us tremendously, um, get this up and running because they are, um, you know, 2030s, and they have technology um, that they grew up learning, whereas Rose and I did not. And they know what's cool, and we do not, so. And they have helped us so much. Even though Casey said I look like a school teacher, but that's fine. That's fine. Actually, it might have been Caitlin. One of them. I don't remember. They probably all agreed on it. <laughs> my, kids are, my kids are very straightforward. Just like me. <laughs> I don't know where they get it. Didn't hurt my feelings at all. Don't worry. <laughs> no, but um, yeah. So we, um, they have helped us tremendously with so many things. And Chris, is, can, uh, Caitlin helped us with the webpage. And Casey did too. And Chris has helped me tremendously with all the um, social media. And oh my God, it's been such a great help. And then Chris, Rose's husband, for being so flexible and taking on all the responsibility of the children. Yeah, that's is, been a lot of help. Thanks, Chris. Well, you're not our sugar daddy, but we still love you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I appreciate. And then obviously uh, Mary and her husband for letting us use the studio. Yes, it's awesome studio. So yeah, we have we still have some more stuff to do in the studio, but. Um, Ideally, what we want to do is have a video of um, our tapings, and so we're gonna we'll we'll see about that. That's way down the road, but um, yeah, that would be awesome. Thank everybody, and it was today was a very fun day. It was stressful for some points of the day when like links weren't working and stuff like that, but um, I'm excited. Yeah, we've we've gotten it all figured out, and we're proud of us. I know. I'm so. It's been it's been a of work. I think it's been a lot more work than we thought it was going to oh, be. We just thought it was going to be like eh, talking to microphone and then just like yeah, right. Uh, no, no. <laughs> it's been a ton of work, but but I like that. You know, I'm proud of us for sticking with it yeah. and 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 like learning these new things. Yeah. So Caitlin, my daughter, was like instrumental in helping us getting the web page started, and she like did some stuff on it, and then she was busy and couldn't help me and I said well she did it so I can figure it out so I sat and worked on it and then Rose sat and worked on it and we figured it out and it's it's really it's really not that hard but having just a little bit of guidance yeah and, and it's it's very basic but it's 
For us, it's basic bitches. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard for us. Yeah. <laughs> Even for a basic bitches. So thank you again, you guys. Yes, thank you, you so much. Really you. So and, awesome. And even telling us that Rose looks like a school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually helpful, you know, no, no like getting the yeah. feedback and stuff. Because my kids, and we both know that my kids do not mean anything like ill about it. They're just like being honest. And so that's what we want. We don't want yeah. somebody to be like, oh, you look great. We got a big booger hanging out of your nose. And I, and I have a lot of um, stories Boogers. about Casey, so... <gasps> Oh. I can get her back if I want to. <laughs> Casey in high school. I know. Like Casey in high school. She was her, her mama's daughter. She, for sure. <laughs> she still is. So, Rose, who are you talking about today? All right. This is a really good one. She's a we badass. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Let's We're talk about having, uh, I was going to make something a little fancier with vodka, and then I decided, you know what? I don't know about where you guys are, but it is cold as all get out in Charlottesville, Virginia. Today, it's windy, windy, cold. Like, I feel like it's the middle of the winter. So do I. So I just brought bourbon it. and some of that ginger beer, and we're just having that. We're having, like, a nice, because I thought this cold weather is a good bourbon, like, warm your bones. Is it a mule? Is it considered a mule? It's considered a... um what is it called? A Kentucky Mule. So it's like the ginger beer and the bourbon, but I didn't put lime in it because I was lazy. Oh, okay. That's okay. It was a long day. <laughs> I forgive you. Even though it was a fun day, it was a roller coaster. And also my phone broke um, this morning, or last night, actually. So I can't receive text messages from everybody, just some people. So it's it's been really a stressful day. So anyway, yeah so that's the worst when your phone breaks and it's just and it's like nothing's working yeah like i mean nothing's helping i did all the troubleshooting and john says go to the verizon store and i the thought of that sent like crawlies up my skin like no i do not want to go to the verizon (laughs) store are you kidding me so i can watch them inefficiently help customers and then i get annoyed because they're inefficient yeah if i'm on the phone at least i can't see them like Telling me to hold on while they have a snack. So anyway, um, while they have a snack, I might have to go to the freaking night. <gasps> Don't say a prayer for me. Yeah, good luck with that. So you're gonna hear our clinking. <laughs> cheers, <laughs> cheers, girls. Cheers. cheers. Day one. Day one. Of the next fifty years of a night. Oh, that's a long this time. hundred All the women in the world. Hundred and four. We doing podcasting. My teeth will keep falling out. <laughs> <laughs> Your kids won't even know how to do it. My then. kids will be like, my kids will be like, Mom, short. Oh, <laughs> nobody wants to hear me anymore. <laughs> I'll be like wheeling myself. In no, the you'll be like Betty White. Room. <laughs> Everyone would want to hear Betty White. Mm. You'll for sure be like her. Yeah, not me. I'll. I won't. Already. I'm not. I'm, I'm alive though, so I'm not that much like her. <laughs> Okay, That's right. not nice. Give me your lady. Give me. All right. Born to a low caste household on August tenth, nineteen sixty three, which is Joseph's birthday. My son. August tenth, nineteen sixty three. He was born on August tenth. Oh. Okay. In a village on the banks of the sacred Yamuna River in the vast North Indian state of Uttar Pradesh, in yeah. India. Get ready for me to pronounce things wrong. Oh, uh, Indian words are very I know. So, so sorry. Do your best. Yeah. I'm going to do my best. I did look up some of them. I'll try not to lie. (laughs) 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 
the legendary Fulan Devi journey started. She was the fourth and youngest child of Mula Devi and her father, Devi Din Mala. Besides Devi, only one older sister survived to adulthood. So they were born in a low caste village, I guess. Mm -hmm. And they were considered, women were considered to be nothing. Like they were just there to raise the kids and clean the house. Oh, yeah. And they work all the time and were treated horribly. Wait, isn't that what you do? Basically, but... Well, yeah, it's not much different, I guess, now. (laughs) My husband does let me out to do this once in a while, so... He's so nice. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. (laughs) Fulan was known for her rebellious nature. Her family was very poor, but owned an acre of farmland with a large but very old neem tree on it, which is kind of like an Indian lilac tree. Lilac tree? Yeah. Well, that's what it said. It was an Indian lilac. I have no idea what that means. So, When she was just 11 year, years old, her cousin, Maya Din Mala, so he proposed cutting down the neem tree to cultivate that patch of land with more profitable crops. While her father agreed, Fulan was enraged and protested, publicly taunting and verbally abusing her cousin for several, several weeks, even physically assaulting him. She's... 11 years old. I know. She decided to get a few village girls together and stage a Dharana, which is a sit-in, on the land, and they did not budge even when the family elders tried to use force to drag them home. Unfortunately, she was eventually beaten unconscious with a brick. I think by her cousin. (gasps) Oh my gosh. A year later, at the insistence of her uncle, her cousin's father, Fulan's family married her off to, <laughs> here goes another word, Putilal Mala, a widower in his 30s, in a distant village in exchange for a cow and a bicycle. Oh no, girl, how old was she? 12 years old. <gasps> in exchange for a cow and, and a, a bicycle. bicycle, yeah. Her it's husband. Like her truth all over again with the $100 and a flock of Right. God knows. Her husband physically and sexually abused her all the time, and so she escaped and finally escaped and went home. She would escape many times over the years, but her family would always force her to go back. Yeah, they have to, don't they? I mean, like, I mean, not saying it's the right thing to do, but I think that's their belief that oh. she needs to be married off. Yeah. I wonder why women are such bitches. I know. Hello. <laughs> Wait, wait to hear this. When she returned home the second time, her mother described her as being filled up, an Indian expression for a girl whose bosom and behind indicate that she has had sex. And her mother tells her, I told her to drop dead. I told her to jump in a well or drown herself in the Jamuna, which is the river. At the age of 12, Fulan is considered ruined by her family and her village. Wait, she's married, right? Right. So she had sex with her husband. But because she keeps like, yeah, she's, but she's ruined. Like she's coming home, but she's ruined already because she can't. Nobody else would ever want Yeah, right. She has to go back to him. Right. The whole thing about her filling out, that's not, that's probably her period. That's probably her getting her period and getting like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's not having sex hello or she's pregnant she's not pregnant which is surprising and disgusting because she's 12 yeah thanks (laughs) her parents offered generous gifts to her in-laws and they finally agreed to take her back they took her to his house and left her there so they were like you need to stay here and not come back Mm. within a few months she once again returned to her parents shortly afterward her in-laws returned the gifts (laughs) this is kind of funny (laughs) they returned the gifts that her parents had given them and sent word that under no circumstances would they accept her back again. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, good for her. Yeah. That's why I like her because she's like, fuck it. I'm yeah. not doing it. Yeah. She's like, no. I don't care what you say. You can give me all the cows and sheep you want, but I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Out. She throws her money on the table. She's like, I'm out. So this was in 1979, and she was just a few months past her 16th birthday. Oh, guys. What in the world is This still goes on over there. A wife leaving her husband or being abandoned by her husband is a serious taboo in rural India, and Fulan was marked as a social outcast. So she spends the next few years in the village and takes up with the son of the village headman. The village headman? I don't know what that means. I don't know what I want to know. <laughs> Not the man who gives head, Lynn. Well, I mean... <laughs> I, I didn't say that, Rose. You I know that's what you were thinking. I know <laughs> I how your head was. He was worked. the head, the one in charge. You're, you're yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> People start to talk about how slutty she was, and so her family sends her to her sister's home in a nearby village, where she and her distant and married cousin Kale Wash start having an affair. She runs off with him to be married, but he has a change of heart and returns to his wife not long after. On January 6, 1979, she's arrested for stealing from the home of her uncle, the same one who has repeatedly wronged her. In retribution, Maya Din, her cousin, burns her father's crops. She's released from prison two weeks later and attacks Maya Din with a rock. <laughs> oh my god. I fucking love her. She gets into all this trouble and she doesn't give a shit. I, I love it. Finally, her uncle is like, I've had enough, and he orchestrates a kidnapping by the Dakoidi, which is a gang that patrolled the Chambo Valley. Oh. And she actually manages to escape them, but they catch her brother. And so she's like, okay, if you give my brother up, I'll come with you. Um, so she does it to save her brother. So she goes with them. She suffers repeated rape by gang leader Babu Gujar, and most likely by the rest of the gang. So how old is she at this point? I believe she's uh, 16. She's 16 or 17. Okay, I'm thinking like 15. Okay, so yeah, she's, she's like 16 right. or 17. Okay. So she's old enough to be, you know, in a gang and being raped. <laughs> Sold him with that cut a bitch. Yeah, it is. One night, gang member Vikram. So this cracked me up because Vikram is. Did you watch Friends? You like Friends? Yeah. You remember Phoebe's made-up boyfriend went after she meets. Um, oh my god, what is his name? Her her boyfriend at the end, where she gets married to oh. Paul Rudd. He's Mike Hannigan. <laughs> <laughs> so Vikram is the guy sh Phoebe makes up uh, when okay. Ross, like, I don't know, there's a whole thing with Ross and he's telling him all this stuff. And then she makes up this whole life with this guy Vikram. Oh. <laughs> and I've never heard that name until now. That's funny. I know. So part he's part of the same cast as Fulan. Like gang or whatever? Like, no, like the low cast. Oh, the low cast. Yeah. Okay. So he takes her as his lover and forbids anyone else from touching her. But she's not into it. She is, actually. Oh, she is. Okay. He, she okay. Is the, he is the one person that she actually loved and treated her really well. A few weeks later, Vikram and his gang attack the village where Fulan's husband lives and Fulan drags him out of his house and stabs him in front of all the villagers. They then leave him dying by the side of the road with a note warning older men not to marry young girls. Okay. Is he going to change the whole country in one day? No, but she's like, fuck you. I mean, he married, she was 12 and he was in his 30s. It's the only thing she could do to like not throw up in her mouth every five seconds. I get it. I mean, she wanted to get some revenge on him, but he survives and he has a 
but he has a scar running down his abdomen for the rest of his life, and he lives as a recluse because the people in his village are afraid to be associated with him because of the gangs. So it, it kind of works out for her, you know? Yeah. So Vikram teaches her how to use a rifle, and she actively participates in the gang's activities, including attacking and looting villages where upper caste people live, kidnapping wealthy people, and holding up people in fancy cars. She was the only female member of the gang, and after every crime, she would visit a Durga temple and thank the goddess for her protection. She was like Anne Bonnie. She was kind of like Anne Bonnie. She was. Yeah. She was like a pirate of her time. You go, girl! <laughs> Another one that Lizzo should write a song about. <laughs> Except this girl had, like, a horrible life. and No, what I'm saying, that for her empowerment. Yeah, like, right. She, like, yeah, fought against it. Yeah. So, two brothers from the gang she's in... Lala Ram and Shiri Ram kill Vikram and kidnap Fulan and lock her in a room in Bemai village where they repeatedly gang rape her and publicly humiliate her, including parading her through the village naked over the course of three weeks. It's just like, um, what does that show? The king, the... Oh, um, oh my god, why I can't think of it. Um, <laughs> Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Oh my, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> right, so they marched yeah, her through like the village Thrones, yeah. naked, just like on Game of Thrones. At this point, Fulan is just 17 years old. One night she manages to escape the house with the help of a low-caste villager and two low-caste members of her former gang and joins a new gang and convinces its leader to help her take revenge. Fulan and Man Singh, one of the men who helped her escape, soon become leaders of a gang composed solely of Malas, which is the low-caste people. The gang carried out a series of violent raids and robberies across Bundelkhand, usually targeting upper-caste people, some say that Fulan targeted only the upper caste people and shared the loot with the lower caste people. But the Indian authorities... Like that's, what I'm, that's what I'm about to say. Oh. <laughs> but the Indian authorities say that this is a myth. And they claim that there is no evidence of Fulan or her, mer- or her partners in crime sharing the money with anyone whether low cast or otherwise. I don't know about that. I mean, well, anyway. I mean, they don't know. They don't know. I mean, they have no idea. So and, people and, are like, oh yeah, she gave me 10 bucks. They're right. going to tell anybody. Yeah, and they don't want her to be like some hero, you know. And we wanted to be one, so we are going to Right, that, so yeah, we're going to say did. she did. And I believe she would. On February, it settled. So a lot of this is like, because it was a while back, and it's kind of like a legendary, mm-hmm. kind yeah. of like your pirate, yeah. where it's kind a of like war, yeah. you know. So a lot of things that I read were different, so I kind of put it together the best I could. On February 14th, 1981, she leads the gang into Bamai and demands that villagers turn over the brothers. The men cannot be found, so she rounds up 22 young men and they shoot and kill all of them. She becomes the most wanted person in India with a $10,000 price on her head. Oh my. They called her the Bandit Queen and she was glorified by sections of the Indian media as sort of a Robin Hood because she had the support of the lower caste and people loved the story of the underdog struggling to survive in the world. Yeah, man. We all do. Two years later, she surrenders to the police under carefully drawn conditions. She demands that her gang members get no more than an eight-year sentence, that her family members who had been jailed because of her be released, and that her own cases be tried in different courts where she would get a f- fair trial. So the like place she was arrested, I think, was like a higher caste place, and she would have gotten an unfair trial there. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So she wanted the 
the trial move. In 1983, Fulan was accused of 48 criminal offenses and spent the next 11 years in prison. In 1996, two years after her release, she stood for election to the 11th Lok Sabha, which is the lower house of the parliament in India. Election from the Mirzapur area in Uttar Pradesh and won the election and served as the as a member of parliament. Wow, after all that. Right. Oh my god, good for Which her. is crazy for a low caste oh. woman. I mean, well, just that, not not even considering all the other Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. At 1.30 p.m. on July 25th, 2001, Fulan was shot by three masked gunmen outside of her house. She was hit nine times in the head, chest, shoulder, and right arm. Her personal security guard, Balinder Singh, was shot in his right chest and right arm and returned fire with a 9mm service pistol when the gunman fled the scene. She was taken to the nearest hospital but was declared dead. The prime suspect, Sher Sure, Singh Rana later surrendered to the police. Rana allegedly claimed to have murdered Fulan in a in revenge for the upper caste men she had gunned down in the Bamai massacre. On August 14, 2014, Rana was sentenced to life in prison. So she survived all that shooting. She survived being in gangs for years and then was murdered by, you know, four men, three three men. And the other men got off because they didn't have any evidence. Yeah, it was crazy. She's, I mean, she did some things that weren't great, but at the same time, it's like, she was trying to survive, you know? Yeah, it was a survival thing. Right. Really, you know, when you're trying to feed your, when you're trying to eat, I mean, it's like, you know, when people are trying, are starving and they're trying to get food, they're going to steal food. And it's, it's not the right thing to do. Right. Like, what are you left with? Yeah. I mean, I have no problem. I mean, if I, I'm not saying it's right to steal or it's, you know, okay to steal, but I feel like if you're starving, then you have to do what you have to do. Right. Like, you don't make the best decisions mm-hmm. when you, if you have no nourishment in your brain. Yeah. She's pretty badass, I think. She is definitely, definitely. I really, really like um, researching her. I, I enjoyed it. And I, I have to say, Rose, I'm really proud of you for taking that on because that's a lot of difficult... I know. Like, normally, I like <laughs> run from that kind of thing. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm really proud of you because that was, that was hard because I know pronouncing names um, that are from other countries is really difficult and Indian names are really difficult and so i just i i give you a lot of kudos for i probably butchered them all which i'm sorry about but i mean well i mean i i think that you're trying and you did the best you can you did the best you could (laughs) you did the best you could and you you know you didn't like just laugh about it and just like brush it off. You did try, and so I give you a lot of oh, thank you, thank you very much. Definitely your comfort zone. Yeah, how are you? Okay. So you all right, you all wrapped up there. Yeah, yeah. And I did a bow. All right, let's take a quick break because I'm sure you have to pee. Of course. Okay. Thank you <laughs> all right. Hi, Rose. We're back. We're back. We're back. We got to refill in our drink. A little bourbon and a ginger beer. And I had some and food, so they won't get angry. Rose brought us dinner because it was a celebration today. Celebrate, 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 good time, come on! Enough of that. You guys will turn us off really soon. Um, so I am, my story's a little short today, but I couldn't find much more about her, but I thought she was pretty interesting. So my okay. person, uh, my woman is Atina Marie Kennedy. She was born September 8th. Is that Kennedy? Kennedy. Kennedy? C-A-N-N-A-D-A-Y. Okay. Kennedy. I, I even Googled how to pronounce it. <laughs> Kennedy. Um, so she's known as Tina. Okay. By the way. Uh, she was born September 8th, 1965. When she was young, her child, when she was a young child, hello, her father sexually abused her and her mother worked as a stripper in Mobile, 
Alabama. Oh my god, what is up with these stories and their father sexually abusing them? so bad. Desperate to leave home, she got married at age... Put your drink down. 13. And divorced by age 14. Oh my god. <laughs> so how did you get married at 13? I mean... You don't, you like one, at 13, you like a one Barbie, and then three months later, you don't like that Barbie anymore. You like a different Barbie. I know. So, or That's like again. four women in a row that we've, that have been like married or pregnant by yes. 14. Yes. After her divorce, Tina worked in numerous bars in Gulfport and Biloxi as a dancer and a barmaid and supplemented her income with prostitution. Hmm. It was said she was handicapped due to her IQ of 71. Oh, no. So, I wasn't positive so i did a little research on iqs so 100 is like an average iq okay probably more than mine <laughs> lens is 33 <laughs> in fact, at least an 80 <laughs> so 100 is an average 120 is genius so mine's probably 119 <laughs> or 33 or 33 no, no 33 how do you i mean how do you even there's, where did they get that information there's to take that i'm gonna I'm going to sign you up for Christmas. I'm going to. Mine is definitely like 20. I just took an IQ test and found out I'm a hundred. What kind of. An idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what kind of like information they have on that, you know? I don't know. It's probably like one of those like, look at the ink blot. What does it look like to you? Oh, I could pass that. But if it's like algebra. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's algebra to somebody who's like a child. Anyway, so in 1982, when she was 16, she met Sergeant Ronald Wojcik, W-O-J-C-I-K, Wojcik, I think that's right. Okay, I'm okay. going to go with that. At the, at the Sports Page Bar, was the name of it, it's called the Sports Page Bar. So she was working at 16? No, he was moonlighting after finishing his daily duties at Kessler Air Force Base, so he was in the Air Force. Moonlighting as a dancer? So, you know, I don't know if you know this, Rose, but back in the day, it was like, hush hush if you worked a second job you weren't like your first employer wasn't allowed to know that you worked a second job so it's called moonlighting like so you worked at night to oh, make extra money I didn't so know that. yeah so that's what he would that's why it's called moonlighting now you're like bitch i work a second job yeah i work a second because <laughs> you don't pay me enough because i need more money i need food Okay. So Ronald was twenty was twenty nine years old and he was a divorcee with two children. Initially he had no idea that Tina was only sixteen. When he found out her sure. true age, rumors got back to his superiors and he was ordered to end the relationship. I'm sure he didn't know. Well, I mean he might not have. I mean I'm not she was working in a bar, so he was probably thinking she was at least like eighteen or something. Maybe I don't know. I'm not, I'm I don't not buy defending it. him, but I don't buy it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Rose trusted nobody. <laughs> Don't trust the nobody. Don't, don't let the nobody, nobody know your business. <laughs> okay. So Tina was devastated by the breakup. It was because it, this is my thought. This isn't in, in the information. It was like her first like taste of a real family. So she was like living with him and he had two children and she was like spending time with them. Yeah. And they were having, it was yeah. like a family and she had never experienced a family. Right. And so she was like in like bliss. Right. And so he had to break up with her. So later that year, Tina... David Randolph Gray, a 28-year-old unemployed man, and Dawn Bouchard, uh, about a 15-year-old, kidnapped Ronald and his girlfriend from his home. His girlfriend's name was Sandra Sw- Sawash. Who's Ronald? That's the guy. Ronald's like the... The 29-year-old. Okay. All right. So they went in his house and kidnapped them. They forced the couple into Ronald's van and drove Ronald, Sandra or Sandra, I'm sorry, David and Dawn for quite a while. And to one point, Tina suggested that 
David rape Sandra. Oh. She's like, oh, just rape her, you know. So Tina stopped the van near a wooded area, and Sandra managed to escape and called the Harrison County Sheriff's Department. So Ronald was unable to escape and was murdered. Oh, what year was that? Um, so it was 1982. Okay, so no cell so phones. It was like, yeah, no, 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 yeah, it was after that. Okay. Um, okay. Initially, Tina told the police that David was solely responsible for killing Robert. Robert, the Air Force guy. And David's the unemployed dude that she's, like, hung out with and did drugs with. Okay. Um, so initially she told police that he was solely responsible for killing Robert, but later told a fellow inmate of her involvement in the murder. Tina was charged with robbery, kidnapping, and homicide in the state of Mississippi in 1982. Tina's trial began September 20th, 1982. She, David Gray, and Don Bouchard were all tried separately. The jury found Tina guilty of murder and sentenced her to death by lethal injection on September 23rd, 1982. And mind you, she's still a juvenile. Oh, is she? Yeah. She's, um, she's like 17. I want to say she's like 16. Um, on May 16, 1984, there was a, it was appealed to the state of Mississippi and Tina Marie Kennedy, Canada versus the state of Mississippi. Um, so basically what it says in the documentation from the state, um, from the, from the actual court documents, it says this capital murder conviction presented for review has two questions. The first is whether Tina's constitutional right to counsel at the time incriminating statements were obtained from her while in custody in the county jail was violated. So was her constitutional rights violated by obtaining a statement from her when she wasn't under oath or anything like that? Okay. Okay. The second question is, if if her constitutional rights were violated, whether such violation requires a reversal for the guilt and sentence phase of her conviction. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So after the appeal... The Supreme Court of Mississippi affirmed that the guilty verdict, affirmed the guilty verdict. So they said she's definitely guilty, but they held the death sentence was inappropriate given the misuse of her statement to the jailer. So she gave this information over when she wasn't under oath. So yeah, Tina's age and the fact that David Gray, who physically committed the murder, was sentenced to death himself, and he was a habitual offender. So that, a habitual <laughs> offender. So he was already um, convicted of the murder. So they're like, you can't convict her as well. You know, so it's like this whole thing. So um, did they say how like he ki- how David killed Robert? No, it doesn't say. I mean, there's speculation. And there's, there's there's nothing like I couldn't find anything online. But they definitely talked about like in the movie. There was a movie, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. Okay. But they basically you know like beat the crap out of him, and uh, I can't even remember what they how they killed him in the movie. But the movie is loosely based. based so okay. I can't. So Gray had, was a habitual offender, and his sentence was later reversed to life imprisonment. So he got the death penalty taken off the table as well. In 1984, Tina was resentenced to one life sentence and two 25-year life sentences. The state granted Tina parole in 2008. Okay. So she was sentenced to death in 1983. Uh-huh. And it kind of brings us back together. Sent that her sentence was reversed in 1984, one year later, and then she was resentenced to life to one life sentence and two 25-year sentences. But she was released on March 9th of 2008. Oh, wow. Okay. Day after my birthday. Okay. So, um, <laughs> Tina's crimes and subsequent trial are partially the inspiration for the 1990 TV movie, Too Young to Die, starring Juliette Lewis and Brad Pitt. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't mention Brad Pitt because he was like a nobody back then, but it was so funny. I was like, oh my God. Brad Pitt was... Um, what year was that? Oh, 19... Uh, no, wait. Hold on. 1990. 
But I have to tell you, it's so funny. So um, David, David Gray was played by Brad Pitt and the movie, I watched it. I think I watched it on YouTube and it was, the quality was so bad. Like it was like just pixelated and it was so funny. It was like, I could barely make out some of it, but it was just so old and like, you know, not yeah. high quality. How old was Brad Pitt? Like, oh my God, he was so young. He was like definitely under 20. It didn't was, even look like him. No, it, it, it definitely changes his looks, girl. <laughs> um, so, so that movie, I watched it and it was very strange, but it was just because it was such poor quality and right. stuff, but it was it, it loosely based. So there was like parts of the movie where she was like spending all this time with him and his children, with the Ronald, the I Air Force Robert. guy. Ronald. Oh, I think it was Robert. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure it's Ronald. Oh my God. Now you need to go back and look. Oh, it's Ronald. But I, I did say Robert at one point, but it's Ronald. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but it's because I was like, initially, Tina told police that David was solely responsible for killing Robert, but it's Ronald. Oh, okay. It's definitely Ronald. I was like, so I swear to God, you said Robert. I don't know what you think forgive me. Okay. So... Uh, the movie, like I said, was crazy because it was just so like old and yeah. decrepit. But um, so the candidate versus state, when she went to the state Supreme Court, uh-huh. for this, it's been cited as an influential in the interpretation of the Eighth Amendment to the prohibition of cruel and unusual punishment. The United States Supreme Court did not rule sentencing to a minor death as unconstitutional until 2005. So, and so before 2005, you could sentence a minor to death. You can't anymore. But the Mississippi Supreme Court's decision to reverse Tina's sentence in 1984 ex- explicitly cited the Eighth Amendment as the basis for this decision. So she was definitely like, there was like a lot of things about the Eighth Amendment. It's like constantly brought up based on what I read in other cases about her case in the Eighth Amendment and the fact that she what was What is young. the Eighth Amendment? Can you please... I knew you were going to Can you please... That. You should know it off the top so of your head. I don't know it off the top of my head. Don't you know all the amendments? right here. Stand by, please. <laughs> so I'm going to have to make this font a little bigger because Ma has bad eyes. Okay. So the Eighth Amendment to the United States protects against imposing excessive bail, excessive fines, and cruel and unusual punishments. This amendment was adopted on December 15, 19, I'm sorry, 1791, along with the rest of the United States Bills of Bill of Rights. The amendment serves as a limitation upon the federal government to impose unduly harsh penalties on crime defendants before and after conviction. This limitation applies equally to, to the price for obtaining pretrial release and the punishment for crime after conviction. The phrases to this amendment originated in the English Bill of Rights in 1689. So, so in 2008, when they passed that new bill, it's basically saying the Eighth Amendment is saying it's cruel and unusual punishment. Right. And they're also saying, okay, so the Eighth Amendment was adopted as part of the Bill of Rights in 1791. It's almost identical to the provision in the English Bill of Rights, which Parliament declared as their ancestors in like cases have usually done. Basically, it's about excessive bail and it's about excessive fines. So basically, it's just saying that like it was excessive punishment for her. Right. And so yeah. based on the fact that she didn't, wasn't read her rights, but she gave that statement. Yeah. And she's underage. Right. So, so a little bit of information. So mine, like I said, was very short today, but some funny information that I found. So what happened to her? So did you, I told you she was released on March 9th, 2008 from jail. Oh. Were you not fucking listening? Or what happened to her after that? Listen. Oh, okay. Sorry. So I looked, I looked her up like a million times. I could not find her. And I found this one website. It's so funny. That said her net worth in 2021 was 1 million to 5 million. And I was like, wait, what? I was so confused. And it says, it says, Atina Marie 
has a net worth of $5 million estimated, which she earned from her occupation as a murderer. Popularly known as the murder of the United States of America, she is seen as one of the most successful murderers of all times. A Tina Marie net worth and basic source of earning is being su- being a successful American murderer. What? Okay. So I was like looking into it. And it's like basically they were saying that like more onto that page. And I'm not even going to give the, I'm not even going to give the where I got this because it's total bullshit. They were saying that like she has a social media and her social media attracts all this money and she's like super savvy. And I'm like, the girl has a IQ of what is it, 71? Right. No, she's not that savvy. And I'm not trying to be mean, but no, no, she's not. So I couldn't find any social. So I did finally find on Facebook a profile that lines up with her date of birth, talks about her living in Alabama, talks about like her life like only doesn't talk about any part of her life until after like 2000 and I think it's like 10 or 13 yeah and stuff and so it's very interesting so I think it might be her and the, the language that she uses is like gram the grant the grandma the grandma? the grandma it's really bad <laughs> no but the grammar is like really bad in the post and stuff but I'm like this has to be her yeah right I'm not right, saying right, it right. is but I'm saying I definitely found her and she's 100% based on her posts not a billionaire um, <laughs> so one of the things I did find though and this is super interesting and this page goes on forever I mean like I could talk about this for two hours but I didn't really want to because just out of respect for Ronald not Robert Ronald's family um, so I was you know doing all these searches and I I came across this post and it said, I was very upset to find out that Tina is coming up for parole very soon. So this post was on January 2nd, 2008. I was notified earlier this month by the Mississippi Parole Office. This upset me more than I could even say. I thought that she had gotten life without parole, but that is not the case. I really, it really brought up those feelings from back then. I think about my father all the time, but I was better thinking that she would never get out of jail. And personally, the thought that she might be released kills me. I know that she has been there for 25 years and that's a long time. Some people may feel that she has served her time, but my dad will never come back. I just don't feel like she should have, she should have the chance to live her life when he never will. My whole family and I have written letters and my brother and I are hoping to attend her parole hearing hearing if that's possible. I am checking in on that now and it's a little harder since we both live in South Carolina now. Anyway, I just feel like I needed to let my feelings out there about that. I do pray that she doesn't get released, but I guess overall I don't have the control over that. I'm just going to do all I can to try and keep her there, at least for as long as possible. Thanks for listening. So this is Ronald's daughter. Oh, that's really sad. And peep of course it was on this like film website. I, like it was the weirdest website. I don't even know like how it started. But all these people are like, "Well, she served her time," and the other people are like, "I'm so sorry." You know, like you know how this yeah, is, yeah, just yeah. like the bullshit back and forth. And she was just basically like, and then she went back in. And she's like, "Well, I found out that she was released, and we never had the opportunity to like." Speak oh, really? They just hearing. wow. Yeah, they found just out released after her? she was released. It was like totally like she should have been able to speak at her yeah. hearing, and she wasn't able to. And I mean, as his kid, I can't even imagine. Yeah, this apparently, his, so according to the movie, I couldn't find any documentation on this in the research, but according to the movie, the kids were at his house the night that she kidnapped him and the oh, girlfriend. Geez. And so, you know, like the kids are left with no father. Yeah. And so, I mean, it just... And makes, they knew her, which kind of yeah, makes it Yeah, and worse. they loved her at a certain point, yeah. you know, for a little while. But, I mean, according to the movie, I'm not saying that, that the movie is loosely based, so yeah. I have no idea, but... Um, yeah, so the, the daughter, and I just like what re- I read for like four hours. I'm not <laughs> I read this like blog post where it's just like a shit show. People like, oh, she served her time. She should be out. And I get why people say that because, you know, she was served her time. But again, she helped murder the, the father of these, this poor yeah. girl. And so I just feel like I don't know that I'd want him out either. But 
And then I tried to look up David Gray, and I had a little bit of a hard time finding more information about him, because I feel like he wasn't sentenced to death, but how long did he end up spending in jail? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. And then the other one was, the other person was a female, and she was under 18, so there was not, not I do feel like her. no matter how much time she had served, they, the children would never be happy. You know what I mean? If oh, she, no. She Absolutely. Out, like, I, don't, I don't know that I would be either. I mean, because, like... I mean, how would you be? I mean, people have mixed feelings about the death sentence, okay? So... The, the death penalty. So you can, you, whether you're the victim, you know, uh, you're a loved one of the victim, you may or may not feel that a death sentence is appropriate. Yeah. But at the same time, if the person at least stays in jail forever, then you feel like you have some sort of like relief. But knowing they're out, I just feel like has a loved one of that person, are you always looking over your shoulder? But I don't know, but I mean, this one's, yeah. this one's smart enough to go find them and stuff. And that's, I, and I'm not trying to be mean about it, but no, I, I, mean, I, I think you're right. Definitely I doesn't have the like, the wherewithal to be like a fucking social media And I think star. she got like, what, I don't, what yeah. she wanted was, I, I, mean, I don't even know if she wanted to kill him. Like she probably was pissed. Yeah. I mean, she, I, but she, she probably broke she, up with her or she, and was with another He broke woman. her heart because he was the first like taste of stability yeah. she had in her entire life. Yeah. And then he's like, I gotta go. And I, I mean, I get why he did that. Hello. Absolutely. Yeah. He found out she, she was 16. hooked up with her to begin with. But, you know, it's like there's so many, there's so many working parts in this. And it just makes me sad for, first of all, for Tina, because she had a shitty hand dealt with her. Again, yeah, dealt to her. I mean, no like kidding. we've talked about this how many times. She had no choice but to have a shitty life. Nobody gave her a chance. Like, yeah. Her IQ was low. She Nobody gave her the opportunity to increase that by, like, giving her an education. She was, you know, there was, she had no chance. And then so this poor man was, like, a result of her having no chance in life. And that's what makes me sad. It's like, I'm sad for everybody in the story, you know, because it's, you know, it's, it's definitely, I mean, obviously I feel worse for his family than I do anybody else. Yeah. I also feel sorry for her because she doesn't have, she grew up with nothing. It is interesting to see, like, of all the stories we've done, like, Aretha Franklin and Marilyn Monroe, they had really, really shitty childhoods yeah. where they were abused, and, and they grew up, well, Aretha Franklin did, yeah. to, you know, she made something of her life, and she was strong, and well, she... Well, it's a joint of truth. Yeah, it's a joint of truth. She was She didn't even know right. how, how to read or write. Yeah. But she was so freaking And she was she a slave. I mean... Yeah. And she was a... Does it get wor any worse than that? Right, and she... but. But I think, and she changed her life. But then you have these other women who are abused when they're young, and they turn to murder. You know what crime, I mean? Yeah. But what I mean, I guess it's just like a personal. Well, for this woman, it's like part of it is her IQ. I mean, she doesn't have oh any, for sure any education or any yeah. like. And who knows? Foundation. It probably was maybe it wasn't her idea. Maybe she had told them about, it and they were like, "Well, let's go kill him." Maybe. Yeah, I mean, the movie was Brad Pitt in the movie. It was definitely like egging her on. Yeah, you're gonna let them. And it wouldn't surprise me if yeah. that was the yeah. actually the case. But she doesn't. She obviously she wasn't even old enough to make a. Um, educated decision right she doesn't have an education yeah she, she isn't old enough to make an educated decision about yeah. what she wants to do so it was to me this was sad but it was definitely um interesting an interesting yeah uh story and i know it's short but i definitely felt like you know this whole thing needed you know i feel i definitely feel sorry for i mean his kids are still alive and you know doing the best they can so it's sad <laughs> All right, Lynn. Well, it's been a day. It's been a day. It's been a day. You guys, please rate us only five stars. Thank you very much on all your social platforms, social me media platforms. Um, follow us on No Ordinary Women Pod on Instagram. No and Ordinary Facebook. Women Pod on Facebook. Could have just said and Facebook. Like yeah. I was trying to nice. shut up. I'll shut up. And then <laughs> No Ord Women Pod on Twitter. 
please interact with us, follow us, share us with all your friends. You guys, we're trying really hard. We're just doing something fun and we want you guys to enjoy it. And we just want you to share it with everybody. You know, so bye-bye. Bye-bye. Until next week. See you later. Bye.